Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear a scream and shout. I love of Indiana, his manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hello, Ward. Hello, Eric. Have you ever said your name over and over again? Say your name five times in a row. Ward, 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 Ward. It's not the easiest name to say. Do you agree? I agree. Okay. Yeah. It, All right. And and it's a difficult name to convey in a loud room because people aren't expecting it. No. So they hear Lord, Lord, well, your name's well, Lord. Or Warren. Like Warren. a lot of people think you're Warren. Yeah, but but it, that's yeah. At Wade, those Wade, are those Wade's are the more the big one. Those Wade's are the, the ones that they remember incorrectly. But I'm just in a loud environment. I usually have to go to if it's somebody older who I feel like I should be respectful around. I say it's like Edward without the Ed. Or if I think they're a clown like us, I say it's like Howard without the Ho. Yes, that's that's really good. The problem is that it doesn't sound like either of those. Like an Ed word, it's not word. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, but they they at least know what my name is, how it's spelled. They've heard me probably try to tell them two or three at that point. But at that point, and if if at that point, then I'm like, I guess we're just not supposed to know each other and walk away. If if after all of that, it's just not worth it. I wish my name was Bob. No, you don't. No, I don't. You, don't. you don't. All right, man. Well, listen, we're back for another week. We've got an exciting interview with someone that I think Indiana fans are just dying to know more and more about what's going on right now with this new team and this new, you know, uh, I don't know. What am I trying to say, Ward? New collage <laughs> of players. You're trying to foreshadow how iffy this whole podcast is going to be because we already taped all the rest of it, and it doesn't get better than this. No, it's just a slow descent into mediocrity from us. That's why we book great guests, because no matter what we do, they raise the bar on our futility. And by the way, I'm happy with how I turned those last few phrases. <laughs> we are as always powered by communitycars.com sponsor of the pod communitycars.com illusion legends talk with Warren Eric why are you suspicious of me
Are, I or, said powered by. Yeah, I know. For a second, I thought, are we powered by them? Yeah. Or is it brought to you by or presented by? Whoa. I mean, look, I know we've been through a few. I mean, this is, yeah, we switched. We were powered by pigs. Yeah. And, but and then we were immediately, we powered? immediately powered by communitycars.com. I just had a total brain fart. That's what happened. Total brain fart. Communitycars.com. Thank you to Straight No Chaser for the wonderful jingle. We love communitycars.com. Uh, you know, you're, I, I thought about community cars a lot this weekend because I drove to Santa Barbara and back mm-hmm. and actually almost fell asleep on the way back, by the way. Don't <laughs> want to get into that. But you know what the car did? It's got assisted driving and it sensed that I was veering lanes and it jolted me back that and my girlfriend's mother sitting directly behind me <laughs> going, oh, oh, oh boy, oh boy. We almost crashed into the person next to us. I thought about community cars this weekend because I was rear-ended and was immediately disappointed that it wasn't nearly hard enough to justify scrapping my vehicle and having insurance purchasing power to go to community cars.com with because clearly whenever one of my old cars dies, I'm coming for community cars.com. So you were rear-ended and it wasn't hard enough, but how was the car accident? <laughs> yes! Yes! We yes! warned you guys. We warned you this was going to be a rough one. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't hard enough to wake up my sleeping son. <laughs> he was in the back seat. We had to wave the lady over to the side of the road. She was all apologetic. And I was tempted to say, you know what? No, it's fine. You just bounced right off of us. You didn't even wake up my sleeping son in the backseat. But we we let her drive away, not realizing she'd hit hit a car with a child in it. Time out. And here's why you're not Jewish. And here's why you're not the same as me. You're telling me your son was passed out, sleeping, unconscious in the backseat of the car? Should have told her that. If I get hit by somebody and my kid's passed out unconscious, I bring the woman up to, look what you did. He's dead. (laughs) You killed him. What do you want to do? You want to go through a $20 million lawsuit? Or do you have $1,500 that you can give me right now? (laughs) You killed him. Oh, man. All right. Let's talk about what's going on in Indiana University. Truth is, not much. I mean, we've got got a new hot board. We've got a new hot board, but we've talked a lot about those players that uh, we have mutual interest with. They kind of like us, and we definitely Yeah, and I think we're going to do a deep dive on those players coming up in a a future episode. Maybe we get the rabbi of recruiting, DJ Jazzy Jeff Rabjohns, back on and actually do a deep dive on all these guys because, look – we're, we're going to have between four and six openings next year, and we're not going to get all these guys that we're going after, and one domino affects the other dominoes. I think people think like it's just going to be a cascade once it happens, but the truth is you get one domino, two other dominoes come off the board. Like mm. that also happens, you know, right. especially when you're talking about like the point guard position, especially the point guard position, and especially the center position. So I think that I would love to get into that with Rabbi, but the, the same thing holds true that we said last week, which is the number of top 30, top 50 players that we are in on, top 20 players that there is legitimate interest in 
is fascinating. It's exciting. It's unique for Indiana basketball. And we need it. Like, I, I do think that everybody still has to realize that we are still playing the talent catch-up game. You know, we were depleted for a number of years. And, yes, we got Jalen hood Shafino last year, but he's gone now. So you have to replace him and do better because when we had Jalen and Trace, we made it to the first round of the N- or second round of the NCAA tournament. That was it. It wasn't good enough. We didn't have enough talent on that team. So now you have to replace Jalen, which is almost impossible, replace Trace and be better. And the only way to do that is to continue to stack top 10, top 15 classes, continue to cherry pick in the transfer portal and get lucky and stay healthy. I mean, that is such a key. Obviously, last year, if Xavier was healthy, it would have changed things. But we are still on this. We have to keep amassing talent and keep doing it, especially with the way that this works now with how players can transfer out. And we lost several players this year. So it is depth is a very big part of it where you could look at our our starting lineup last year and be like well that's second to none in the big 10 and and really uh, one of the better ones in the country when you've got two guys who are about to be drafted in your in your starting five um but the injury to your point not only to x but even to race you know really sets us back but when you're looking at a, a roster that's 10 12 deep you know legitimately of guys um then <clears throat> If, if you have a key guy or two go down during the season, you can weather that better. Um, you're better prepared for the the home stretch of the tournament. And and to your point, you got to do it year after year because you're not going to get lucky with health every year. You're going to have just a freak bad matchup in the tournament every once in a while. Like you, you need to have that depth and that talent year in and year out. So when all the stars align, that's when you hang number six. Yeah, I mean, look, talent doesn't guarantee anything, as we can see by Kentucky, top five recruiting class every year, Duke. But your chances to make deep runs go exponentially up when you're bringing in that kind of talent every year. The other problem with bringing in that kind of talent is you lose that talent every year. And that's what Kentucky and Duke for, you know, for the last several years have dealt with. Now, this year, Duke is interesting because they're bringing back Filipowski. They're bringing back more guys than than they had last year and they and they're bringing in amazing talent so it's going to be interesting to see yeah i hope i, I hope the result of that is we just see that shire is not a very good coach that's what I'm i hope i hope you are right too what i am most interested in college basketball is you know for the last i would say 20 years the story of college basketball was parody the parody in college basketball sure you had the, some of the programs that were at the top but we saw mid-majors that became excellent teams that could beat majors in the NCAA tournament. And I feel like while obviously there was some parity this last year with places like Florida Atlantic, you know, which did really well with Dusty May and, and some other ones, the transfer portal and NIL have conspired together to really hurt mid-majors more than anybody. Yeah. Because the second you're a mid-major star, go get paid, play on a bigger stage. And those mid-major teams are getting hurt. And I am very curious over the next three to five years, do we see fewer mid-major teams be able to beat the majors because of that talent? uh, Disparity? Disparity, yeah. And that talent uh, abandonment from from mid-majors to majors in a way that has not happened to this degree ever in college sports. 
Now, clearly, you lose those players at mid-majors, you're filling in with others, and they do tend to be older in mid-majors, and maybe that will help. But I do think that the talent level is even tilting more towards the majors than it has in the past. I'm going to put you on the spot. Because this is what the people want. We talk about this plethora of talent coming through. What one recruitment are you the most interested in? Liam McNeely. Yummy. Yeah, <laughs> Liam McNeely. I think uh, I, I think Indiana has done the best job, been the most consistently prioritizing of him throughout this whole thing. There's never been a time in this recruitment where they have even eased off the gas at all. And it's been going on for, I think, more than a year now. Um, And some things conspired to help us, like Chris Beard being a total D-bag and getting fired. That helped. Uh, Texas not nailing, I think, not nailing the replacement coach for Chris Beard, going with a guy who, you know, has been around for a while. This is not Rodney Terry is not some young guy that they're giving a shot to. He's had some opportunities and Chris Beard hired him as an assistant. He's in the right place at the right time for him, wrong time for Chris Beard. And they made him the head coach. And I don't know if that did wonders for them now. Well, and the other thing that's helped us is that, well, Oh, hello, Liam. We're here recruiting Malik and Jalen. Why don't you watch and see what we do with them up in Bloomington next year? And maybe if that works out well for them, maybe you want to keep giving us a look. Great point. And when we started recruiting Liam, he was not a Mount Verde kid. He was still in Texas playing. I did not know that. So again, like so much of recruiting too is do you catch the breaks? You know, I mean, there are just breaks that happen. Some you make for yourself, but that one, he could have gone to any prep school. And he decided to go to Mount Verde. And that's helpful to us right now. So you're right. That's a great point. So I we've caught some breaks in that one that we've been on the bad side of on uh, in other times. And I, I the other thing that's been interesting on that one that could change over the next month. But Duke and Kentucky have not gone crazy for him. Kansas has recruited him a little bit, but Duke and Kentucky have not gone nuts. If Duke prioritized him even this late i would worry about that but everything i've heard is how much this family and this recruitment is about relationships and indiana has built those and done some really smart things in this recruitment over time surrounding the recruit with the right people brian walsh has done a great job and i do think that brian you know brian has not landed the big fish uh, yet for indiana and we were having this conversation not long ago about Yasir Roseman, too, and then he did with Mackenzie and Kalel. Uh, but this is a big one for Brian, and and so you know he's busting his ass for it. So I would say that one, Ward. I, I, I don't even hesitate on that one. I'm pleased with that answer. There you go. Uh, football not too far away. I'm still trying to get myself excited. I, I, I have been excited with how many transfers they have gotten. They have... There's been an infusion of new blood, which clearly this program needed. Yeah. Uh, the, the starting quarterback stuff annoys me, to be honest with you. I just I find that whole thing about we're not going to announce and it's you neck and neck. 
You've mentioned that as a real pet peeve, yes. It just annoys me. I think it's petty BS that when you're not a top program, you think it gains you some edge. I, I just want to know who the quarterback is. And I hope it's Taven Jackson, because what the hell did we get him to transfer from Tennessee for if he's not going to be the starting quarterback? And the other guy, I saw a little bit of him last year. and was, I mean, it wasn't good. When do they think Dexter will be game ready? Because it's, well, it's, rep- it's faster. Rep- like, he's getting healthier faster than they thought. Yeah, that is the report, which is shocking. Now, I always take that stuff with a grain of salt because it seems like that could all reverse itself tomorrow. Sure. But, yeah, I mean, look, it was a gruesome injury. But they were saying that they thought that he might even be ready this coming football season, which I thought there was no chance of. I also don't think they necessarily should have him ready for this football season because why rush it? He's going to come in in the middle of the year. Is that really when you would want to make a QB change for a guy that's coming off that gruesome injury? And I'm hoping that they don't need to because I'm hoping one of these, I'm hoping Taven kind of takes over and shows enough flashes where it's like, go with it. Yeah, no, I agree. That's the best. I mean, it it is tricky because however they ramp Dexter up into game readiness, it's like, well, that's still not the same if he'd had a whole off season at, at full health to be able to prepare. It's, you know, but, but at the same time, I'm like, well, if it's really not going well with anybody else and you're halfway you through the season, a, we want to blow a year of eligibility on that. Yeah. Like, here's my feeling Ward. If he comes in mid year and they think they need to make a change to him, it's because the team sucks. Right. And if the team sucks, they're not going to go to a bowl game. Why waste a year of eligibility on him? Yeah, well, because that's the thing, right? You could say, well, there's a few games left. They could become bowl eligible. But, oh, that's probably against really tough Big Ten teams. So it's like you really need to get those wins in the first few weeks of the season. And if they are in a position to be one or two games away from bowl eligibility, then let the team that did it go for it. Like that, sure. if they put themselves in a position where they've got four or five wins going into the last couple win weeks of the season, then just roll with it and save this kid's eligibility. Uh, the big news that has come up is that we got some insight on what scheduling is going to look like going forward with USC and UCLA in the Big Ten for football. And Indiana year one is not coming to UCLA or USC, but year two coming to USC and playing at the Coliseum. Now, for those who haven't been to the Coliseum, it is remarkably similar to the Roman Coliseum. Like, you would think they were made in the same decade. There is no frills. There, There is nothing fancy. There's about six bathrooms total. And um, you might as well just wear a loincloth for the just how... I mean, you do feel like you're transported back to another age oh, when yeah, you go to sure. the Coliseum. It is it is old school, but it's so historic. I remember watching like NFL films. Uh, Oakland it, Raiders. Yeah, yeah. The the Raiders would be playing in there, and um, I did get to see the Colts get absolutely humiliated in there by the Rams at one point, and that's how I know how old that stadium is but to think we'd ever see the hoosiers playing in there that that the fact that we're going to see him play in there and in the rose bowl what is that going to be the year after will they come out for the they rose haven't bowl? announced that yet they haven't yeah. announced but i would think yeah who i and and i mean tell me this in terms of the divisions are gone 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 the, the, this is really good news for indiana truthfully because it evens out the schedule now we so were, we are not going to have to play those teams. They, I think what they said is they protect 
two rivalries a year or something like that. And obviously our Purdue rivalry is, is protected, which is also like, if you're going to protect a team, like better that than Ohio state being protected every year. Oh like, yes. There, there's going to be years now where we get lucky in the scheduling and only play one of Ohio state, Penn state, Michigan, Yeah, you know, and that is really good for Indiana getting to six wins. That's the truth. Um, Really I do feel we are entering into this existential stage for not just the football program, but for IU remaining a relevant athletic department, no matter how big and popular basketball is. If we can't be an, a decent football program, we are in danger of ultimately being booted out of one of the, the big two or three power conferences that are, are have formed and are forming. And, and then that gets scary for even basketball in the long term. But all this is to say we were more profitable than any other athletic department in the country last year. How accurate is that? How did we make more money than Alabama? Okay, <laughs> let's let's pause here for a moment. So this is a report that came out online that listed the first shoe to drop was the revenue generated by programs and the most um, the highest revenue for every college athletic program. And Indiana in that one, I think, came in like 13th or 14th. Still right? respectable. Some, somewhere around there. And then came out the profitability rankings, and Indiana was number one with what, like thirty-six million, something like 30, that. Thirty-four something, I think. Oh, thirty-four might have been thirty-four point six million. So there's a couple things to talk about here. One, and we'll never get real clarity on this. This was using the most recent data, which there's been some talk that Indiana's foundation loaned the Indiana Athletic Department a huge sum of money to make up for COVID shortfalls. Okay. And that that money was counted as revenue. That, so, well, it, that okay. may be skewing things. Um, Indiana has always been one of the most profitable athletic departments. And I think the biggest reason is we don't spend money on football. Like yeah. I, I, I'm like, look at who, look at the giant revenue guys, the top five, six, seven revenue. It's all football programs, right? It was all football right. programs. Yep. And then look at the profitability and it's all screwed up. And you realize that, oh, these guys that, that are making $200 million in revenue are probably also spending 180 million of it because they spend a ton of money on facilities and football is by far the most expensive program. By and, and far, I, I think I heard maybe it was for Alabama that they were play, paying. Of course, it wasn't to each player, but like basically the money they reinvested into their athletes was like one hundred and eighty seven thousand dollars a year, like per well, athlete. And I wonder they're probably counting facilities and nutrition programs and things like that. that I think just stuff. everything spent divided up by the number by of the athletes. Yeah. So. I have to say, when I saw that report, I did some digging. I don't really understand the foundation gift and what that means. But let's say it's real. It pisses me off. Totally. The job of a college athletic program of a department is not to turn a profit. These are not businesses. There, there are no shareholders. That's exactly right, Ward. Well, there are. You know who the shareholders are? us 
the people that pay to go see games, that watch, that buy merchandise, and you know what the return on that is? Winning. Winning. That's it. The idea that they've got, uh, and uh, when I saw all those schools that were north of $20 million, I mean, well, then that means you're not managing your money correctly. That means you're not doing what you should be doing. I think, by the way, I think Vanderbilt was one of those most profitable programs, if I'm not mistaken. Why are you making that much money? Go build the players-only dorm then. Go redo Cook Hall. Go build a real practice facility and tear down Mellencamp Pavilion for the football program. Go invest in higher-paid coaches. You know, go go spend the money to return the investment to the shareholders, which in this case for an athletic department are the fans. And, and, and that should I, be winning. And if I'm Scott Dolson, I'm like $34 million sitting here, $20 million raise for me, and then you just spread that $14 million out to everybody else, just like you said. Yeah, I, I just think that those numbers, there's a little bit more nuance that goes into those numbers because I, I do not believe Indiana made $34 million in profit. Um, and if they made any money in profit, it should be reinvested immediately. And, and I don't know where it's going if it's not, because like you said, there are no shareholders. They're, I mean, what are they doing? Creating an annuity? Like, I mean, like <laughs> it, you've got to spend it and we should be spending it the right places. And right now that does mean on football. I mean, I look, if you ask me where to spend the money first, it would be to build the players only dorm for basketball. I think that is the single biggest capital expenditure that we could make at Indiana to put our basketball program on a different level. I, I believe that. I then think Cook Hall is um, the offices of Cook Hall are terrible. It looks like where you would go to drop off your taxes. I don't <laughs> I don't think those are good at all. But then the football program. There And there has been talk that Scott wants to change the concourses and, and the, the main concourse and add in more concession stands and change the restrooms because it is, it is despicable what it is now. It's how you describe the Coliseum. It's just terrible. Um, so that, that's where the money needs to be reinvested. And we need to go big. I, you know, I saw this line recently. You, you don't get great by going small. You know, and if we continue to go small and nibble around the edges, we're never going to get where we need to as a total program. I don't care if they make $1 in profit. I want to win, period. So I didn't take any pride from seeing that. I really oh, didn't. no, no, I, I, I didn't either. And I wanted to bring it up because I figured you'd done some digging that I was never going to do. I see a pretty graphic with pretty colors and I use a top of it. Uh, I am curious. Sure. And and then I think it it's just all got to go back to um, because we know who our audience is here. We know who we are born and raised loving Indiana basketball and oh, Indiana football is good this year. Let's get some tickets. Let's get over it. This is fun and exciting. Oh, and here we are. They're ripping our heart out again. Never mind. Just kidding. We'll show up. Give us a bowl word of the team. We will show up. And that money will come back into the program that like if you invest in a winning program, even in a 500 program that gets to bowl games and occasionally wins them, that money will come back. I'm not going to say multiple fold because I, I don't know, but you're going to see that money really quickly because football stadiums big. You 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 get a good number of bodies in that football stadium for your home games and you sell them hot dogs 
boy, that's going to make a real difference. And it's an upward spiral. It's a, a momentum that hopefully could sustain itself for decades to come and keep all of our athletics in the very top tier of national programs and not at some point get relegated to an also ran conference. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Uh, what do you say? You know, we talk a little bit about the fantasy camp that's coming up and the fantasy weekend, which by the way, fan fest happening again, tickets will go on sale very soon. We will be tweeting it out. We'll talk about it here. There's going to be a couple little new wrinkles in fan fest. I think we can announce a couple of them. Number one, the women's team will be part of the autograph signing and pictures before and after FanFest. So we're bringing the women's team over to have them be part of it. There's also going to be a couple other, I think one other tier for ticketing that is a super premium package that allows you to get into the autographs early. Mm. So you get like exclusive autographs. It will include courtside seating. It will include participation a little bit in helping support the players during the fan fest. I mean, it's going to be an exclusive, exclusive package, very limited numbers. It will be more expensive. All the money goes to NIL. All that's going to get announced soon. Golf outing still got foursomes and singles available. Go to HoosierFantasyExperience.com and the uh, fantasy camp. There are limited slots left, but please reach out to me or Ward uh, DM us on Twitter, email us at Hoosier hysterics at gmail.com, or just go to Hoosier fantasy experience.com and sign up. I'm just telling to, you, you won't regret this experience. Just to circle back to the golf. And remember, if you're a foursome, you, you sign up as a quartet or you're, you're an individual and you want to just pop in there. You're going to be rolling with an Indiana, either a former player, a legend, or one of the current coaching staff. Like you are going to be hanging out with a bonafide Hoosier and for 18 holes. It's not like, hey, how are you doing? Nice to meet you. It's like, no, they're going to make fun of you when you hit a bad tee shot, and then you can throw it right back at them when they do. And you're going to make a relationship. I mean, that's the truth. All these people that have did the camp last year, so many of them are the golf. So many of them kept in touch with the person that they played with. So uh, make sure you, you check that out. HoosierFantasyExperience.com. Let's get to the episode. Yeah, it's about time. Here comes a guest. Here comes a guest. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, he's back. But it's different this time. It really is different. It's official now. He is one of us. Eric, who is he? Hailing from Centerville, Ohio, where he played for his father at Centerville High School, where he won a state title during his high school career, where he was Mr. Basketball in the state of Ohio in his high school basketball career. And what did he do? He, of course committed to Indiana University, where he then also became recruiter-in-chief. That is his official name. He is well-known on the internet to be the best player recruiter in the history of basketball prospects. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking to the future of the point guard position at Indiana University. We are talking to a man who just recently set a record in the weight room with Cliff Marshall. We'll get into that. We are talking to none other than the human ant. Gabe Cups. How you doing, buddy? Pretty good. What about you guys? I mean, we're better now. We are better now. You are definitely the highlight of our day. That's what I would say, which says <laughs> yes. a lot about where we are in our lives. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> Gabe, first impression. 
you're beefier, dude. Has Cliff has Cliff already started to work his magic on you? Uh, yeah. I mean, we've been in the weight room three times a week, so yeah, we're getting after it. So let's talk about just what's going on right now. You are finish. You you are just starting. I believe maybe your third week of of workouts and practice. Yeah. Tell us just kind of where you're at. What's going on right now in the basketball uh, on the basketball court and in the weight room? Yeah, I mean, basically, um, you know, we have practice four or five times a week. Um, we're in the weight room three three times a week, I think. But on the court, we're basically just trying to get everybody on the same page with terminology and language and stuff like that. Um, you know, some of the older guys are trying to teach us younger guys kind of the the basics of of offense and defense and how they do things. So, um it's been fun learning that stuff and, you know, trying to trying to improve at it as fast as we can so we can kind of get rolling with everybody on the same page. Well, of course, something that endeared all of Hoosier Nation to you before you ever came to Bloomington permanently was your presence behind the bench in the stands for so many games uh, while you were still in high school. Were you able to pick up some of that stuff, some of the schemes, the terminology? Did you feel like you hit the ground running a little bit this summer because you'd been around it so much already? Yeah, for sure. I think just being around the guys and the coaches and um, watching their games and practices so much, I was able to kind of get a head start. Um, and, you know, I knew some of the things that they were talking about. It was just kind of putting the pieces together. Give us a specific. We've heard... Who did we talk to last week? Was it McKenzie? Yeah, yeah, we talked to Mac, where we learned a little bit more about nail, slot, rim, right? We learned, yeah. Those are the three. Give us – that's on the that's on the defensive side, correct? Yeah. So We've basically give, talked a bunch about defense, and on offense, it's just kind of been like, uh, figure it out for now. We'll get to it later. All right, so give us another piece of <laughs> terminology um, – that that on defense that is like a new piece either that you knew because of what Ward just said or or it, it's brand new to you uh that explains something on defense um I would say like the color codes for different types of ball screens got it that's been uh one that I've had to kind of watch and study on film to to really understand so just to, to dig in on the weeds, and, and I'm not trying to ask for the strategy, okay, because we're not trying to help anybody here. But when you talk about ball screen coverage, let's get a little wonky here, and color codes. is are First of all, are the color codes being shouted from the bench, or is it something that, like, if if your man is if you're being picked, is it the guy that's guarding the man picking who calls out the color? How does that work? Uh, it's basically everybody, um, except the guy on the ball, because he should be focused on guarding the ball. So, um, you know, everybody, but usually, um, the furthest back guy that can kind of see everything, um, is the one that should call it first. And then on the bench, obviously will help us out, um, when it gets to game time. Now back in the old, sorry, do you want to keep going on that specifically? I do just because I want to understand it. So again, I'm a layman, so forgive the uh, the uh, ignorance, the, imp the imbecile nature of this question. <laughs> but do the different color codes mean like if they if somebody shouts it out that you're switching on this one, or you've got to fight over it no matter what, or you're going to drop back on this one? Is that 
kind of in simplistic terms what the colors mean? Uh, yeah, it's mostly it's mostly where our help is coming from and how much time the big has to to stay with the ball or if he needs to get directly back to to the role. Got it. So I wonder about absorbing, retaining, being able to use all this information. Back in the old days with Coach Bobby Knight, there were notebooks, and the guys would have to have their notebooks all the time, and they'd study them. Is that something you incorporate all at all or the team, or is it more just repetition day in and day out? Uh, I would say for a lot of guys it's repetition, but I do have a notebook that I bring to film and stuff just to – to write down, I think writing it helps you remember it better. Yeah, do you? Because the notes I take usually, I never look at again. But I think just the act of writing them down helps, right? Yeah, I think that's actually scientifically proven. It is. Unfortunately, it doesn't work on Ward. <laughs> He's the exception that proves the rule. Um, do you? Uh, do you? feel like you are a resource that when your teammates first of all do your teammates make fun of you that you're the one guy bringing a notebook are they busting your balls for that uh i mean i don't know if they know i have it i've really only brought it to like um like one-on-one film sessions with, with coaches but um yeah wait so that that's interesting how often are you doing one-on-one film session with coaches as opposed to in a team setting uh, team setting, we'll usually just do it right before practice um, and kind of watch clips from yesterday's practice. But I try to go up with at least one coach each day to try to watch like five to ten minutes just to learn and get better. Look, Gabe, you have been playing high-level basketball for a long time, and you've been playing for a high-level coach for a long time. Uh, your dad, uh, it's no secret, extremely well-regarded in, in high school basketball across the country. So I'm wondering, is there still a difference that you can see between the level of basketball you've been playing and just your first few weeks at the college level? Has everything been raised a level for you? Um, I mean, I think, I think it's hard not to, not to raise it from from high school to college just because of the level of guys that you're surrounded with. Um, but, I mean, I feel like I was prepared in the best way you, you could possibly get prepared. I mean, it it hasn't been, you know, too crazy to where I'm all over the place and, you know, kind of. No, we've heard quite the opposite, actually. I mean, everything we've heard about the first few weeks from people is that you've really impressed people. In fact, Mac, right? When we yep. asked him, like who who has stood out, he your name came off the, his lips the the first one. What <laughs> word? Do you want to talk about the D again? No, I'm just waiting to see how these words keep coming out of your mouth. <laughs> I'm struggling. Did you, Gabe? Did you hear about Ward last week with oh, Mac? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Mac, Mac told told a bunch of the guys. Oh, yes! good. Oh, yes! goody. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's really cool. That makes me feel even cooler than I already do. Gabe, you said you were so prepared. Uh, as Let's say you were as prepared as one could be coming out of high school uh, with your father and I think just who you are. And, and I'm sure you weren't just going to those games in Bloomington cheering like crazy as we do, but I'm sure you were watching and understanding what was going on. What has surprised you the most so far 
let's we'll 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 go outside of basketball soon enough. Let's keep it to sort of the basketball side of things. Um I don't know. I would say I would say probably just going against like somebody like X in practice every day. Um, you know, guys guys in high school like you would have, you know, six or seven guys that could really play and then you know, there might be some some guys that that weren't at that level. So I think just having everybody like you're, you're playing at Indiana, so you're pretty good. So um, just going against those guys has been um, something that's been really good for me. And I've really enjoyed it. But um, it's just something I haven't experienced all the time. So kind of surprised me a little bit. Let's talk about X specifically, because, look, you're the new guard. He's the old guard. And while we would love to have X for more years, I think at six, he's maxed out the number of times the NCAA is going to let him play. Um, you know, it's very different. You're Are you 18 or 19 at this point? 18. You're 18. I think he's 42. So, <laughs> um, but clearly he's been around. What's it been like playing the same position as this guy who's quite a bit older than you? physically mature i mean he's just in a different world because of how much experience he has what has that been like from both a becoming friend standpoint and also a competitive standpoint yeah i think i think it's done a lot for for me especially like i'm super competitive so like i know he's he's really good um so like i'm trying to guard him every time in practice and i want him to guard me just so we can we can both get better because i think um you know, our team can be as best as we can if, if both of us are playing at a really high level. One thing we only got a, a little bit of last year was Jalen and X playing together at the same time. I'm wondering when you guys are, are out there, whether it be in practices or, or scrimmages, have you guys been on the same side of the ball very much? Not really. I think they want us uh, going at each other and, and kind of making each other better. How has he been X? You know, I think X takes a lot of pride in his game, but he also takes a lot of pride, especially now, in being a leader. And, you know, he's talked to us about being excited to kind of share what he knows with you, if at all possible. What's it been like building a relationship with him? Yeah, it's been good. I mean, um, I think we've we've kind of bonded off of that, that uh, competitive aspect. I think we're both just trying to improve and get – get to be the best player that we can be. So, um, you know, I think those shared qualities have, have allowed us to, to really bond. I think um, just seeing him in the gym and him seeing me in the gym, I think it has built like a level of trust for both of us that, that we're just trying to get better and we want what's best for the team. I mean, we were both in there this morning before practice. Um, he was at one end and I was at the other. So I thought that was pretty cool. When you were in high school, you had the breakfast club, right? That was like yeah. a thing at Centerville. Is there a breakfast club brewing in Bloomington? I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm in there right. every morning. So you are. You're there every morning before practice, no matter what. Yeah. And what do you, what do you what's your routine? Like, what do you do? You do you pick something new to work on each day, or is it it's is it just kind of the the routine is the same each day? Uh, it's a little bit new every day, um, but it has some of the same aspects. If I if I feel like I need to work on this from just watching film of the previous couple practices, then I'll kind of work that into more of my my stuff so I can feel more confident about that going into practice. 
you're watching film of your own practice? Yeah. Dude, the, uh, will you just be our best friend forever? <laughs> I mean, working out, watching film of practice, notebook to one-on-one sessions. This is incredible. It would just make me feel worse about myself. Well, yeah, <laughs> if you were watching you or no, me, of no, course. Just about somebody who's got all his shit together at such a young age. Look, oh. <laughs> speaking of which, Gabe, you uh, I, I think we can we can fairly assess that you are mature beyond your years. Uh, I wonder with your your fellow freshmen, what's what's kind of the dynamic like? I know you and Jakai have been in touch for a long time, but what's it like uh, uh, amongst, you know, the two of you and Mac? Is there kind of a pledge ship feel there? Or what's what's the vibe? Or are you just immediately immersed in all the rest of the team and you guys don't have your own thing going? Yeah, I mean, I think I think the freshmen kind of have, uh, you know, a, a specific bond just because, you know, we're all kind of experiencing the same things at the same time. Um, so that's kind of brought us together. I mean, um, Mac and Khalil are in, in our apartment all the time in me and Jakai's room. So um, we're just always hanging out. And then, you know, when we go to practice, we see the rest of the team. And, you know, I think everybody kind of joins together. There's no, you know, groups outside of out of the team so jakai's your roommate yeah how many shoes did he bring with him a ton he's got <laughs> boxes that fill up under his entire bed now are these just <laughs> his shoes or are these that he's going to sell i think they're all his oh my i think God. i think he's put a pause on selling them okay and does he what does he wear a different pair of sneakers every day he usually just wears slides i think they're just for for special special occasions he just has them has them ready do you wear the same size uh no i think he wears 15 maybe 15 jesus what are you like 12 hmm. well no, interesting. No, if you've ever got some team issue shoes stop, you're not using stop, feel free stop. to pass them along no, jordy is. gave me my favorite pair of shoes speaking of jordy <clears throat> There's been a lot of comparisons made when you decided to commit to Indiana. I think people were looking, we always like looking at, ooh, who's he most like that we're familiar with? And there were a lot of comparisons to Jordy Hulls. I don't think many of them were fair, truthfully. I just think you guys are two different players. But look, heady players, competitive as hell, point guards who can really shoot. Have you been able to build a relationship with Jordy at all? And any shooting competitions happening with Jordy in practice? Uh, we haven't had a shooting competition yet, but um, he's definitely helped me a lot. Uh, he's talked to me about, you know, getting my shot up in the air. And he's, you know, he's talked to me a bunch in practice about just how I should be playing and how I can do this and do that against more athletic guys and um, what to expect in the Big Ten and, and the NCAA tournament. So, um, yeah, I've definitely built a good relationship with him. Has Calbert Chaney arrived in bloomington yet we've heard no updates about calvin yeah i have not seen him i haven't seen him yet now is, have you have people like us old heads come up to you and been like and started just telling you about calvert and how much they love him a little bit my my dad's best friend um that was his favorite player growing up so he he kind of gave me that spiel that's that is awesome uh let's talk about the weight room Indiana put out a video on social media. I think it was day one, your first workout. Yeah. Tons of energy, 
Walk us through that first workout and then, of course, the the record that you either tied or set. Walk us through that. Uh, Yeah, I mean, we basically met with Cliff and we were doing all, all this kind of uh, combine testing stuff uh, like vert and three-quarter court sprint and lane agility and the bench press was was the last thing I did so I mean yeah I definitely definitely had some extra adrenaline being my first day so I mean I've I wasn't I couldn't say I really was training for for that but I mean I I bench quite a bit in my workouts at Centerville so um, I had never done more than eight, but I definitely knew I could do more because I would just do eight as my set of eight. So, I mean, I was aiming for like 12 and I got to, I got to 12 and I was like, all right, get to 15. And I was about to rack it at 15. I was like, no, nah, I'm just, I'm going until he has to grab it off me. So I just got to 17. That was it. And that and was at 185, record? right? Yeah. And so, how much do you weigh? Uh, like 170 on a good day. Wow, good lord! <laughs> so that was the record. Is your name already up? Uh, I think it's me and Anthony Leal for like the freshman freshman record. Do you look at that and think if this is where I'm starting, give me a year or two, and I'm going to be doing like 25 of these things? Yeah, I, th- I think I I could be on the the all time leaderboard by the time it's. It's done. So, can, well, can you? Sorry, just yeah. to follow up on that. Do you have a follow up on that one, Ward? Mm-hmm. Go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. Um, I just wonder how much, because you were in such communication with the staff prior to arriving in Bloomington, were you already doing a lot of the stuff Cliff has you doing, or are there is there a lot of new stuff now, and not just in the weight room, but also like nutritionally? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of my dad had like our our lifting program um and cliff gave us some things that we could incorporate into that so um it was kind of a mixture of both but the nutrition stuff he just told me to try to start gaining weight and stuff like that and the nutritionist reached out to me probably a month before i i came to campus so i've had i have a little bit of a head start but not too much what did they measure your vertical at 37 i think uh, Ward, what was yours? <laughs> Why don't you tell him what ours was combined? Thirty-three. Wait, I, 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 I wanted to say mine was like nineteen, and yours was like seventeen. Is that I thought I was at generous? sixteen, and you were at like eighteen, something like that. Thirty-four. Yeah, yeah whatever. So we're combined. under forty. Under forty. <laughs> yes, for sure. I'm trying to get above forty. Good I want Ward. You, you look. One of the things that once you committed to Indiana that people went crazy about were these highlights of you on YouTube, just dunking on people. Like you threw down a lot of dunks last year. Is that new to your game or was that just because we didn't pay attention before you committed to Indiana? Um, yeah, I would say it's, it's pretty new. I mean, I got my first dunk in eighth grade, I think, but I didn't really, I didn't get my first dunk in game until my junior year. So Walk us through that. Give us the story of that dunk, because I know you remember everything about it. Yeah, I mean, I just I drove left, and kid kind of jumped up with me, and I dunked it, and then I didn't even say anything. I just kind of looked at him, and they teed me for it. Oh, <laughs> you get you get some tees. You got some tees in high school. 
what did your dad think about your um let's call it brash attitude uh he didn't like it <laughs> but i mean it, it's it's hard to hold in all my all my competitiveness because I, I mean I, I put all this put all this work into it so i got a lot of motion in towards it well it's something we've talked to x about and you know th- walking this fine line of this emotion which and competitiveness as you say it's like it's a symptom of that um that is so key to you being the player that you are how do you approach trying to not let it get the best of you um yeah i would probably say just staying present um a lot of the a lot of the times you know you let it get the best of you is when you're either thinking about the past or in the future um so I would say staying present, just focusing on what's going on and the task at hand allows you to kind of keep in keep in touch with it. Well, we talked to Mac about this, and he says he has a, a meditation pra- practice as far as practicing presence. Is that something you incorporate at all? Yeah, I, I do like a 10-minute meditation when I wake up in the morning before I go. Really? Yeah. Do you have you- like a mantra? Um, I mean – I sometimes write stuff in my notebook like uh, over and over again if I if I want to kind of nail it into my head. But I just use the Headspace app for like 10 minutes, do like the daily meditation. I think it right. starts starts my day off right. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I, I, do, I do the Headspace as well, but I need to get better about doing it first thing because once I'm already up and angry, it's, it doesn't seem to be as effective. Yeah. <laughs> See – I like my anger and rage. I want to keep it always right under the surface, just accessible at any moment. Well, med- meditation is not supposed to be able to control your emotions. It's just knowing and being aware that you have those emotions. Well, then I'm good because I am <laughs> yeah. fully aware that I have those emotions. <laughs> just when, you're, when you're about to get in rage, you should be able to like – figure out and slow down and be aware of why you're enraged and then you can let it go, go through. Yeah. That I cannot do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gabe, we asked this of Mac, so I'm going to ask it of you, but I'm going to put a rule on you. You can't say Mac because he paid you the compliment. So we'll just assume you we would pay it back because you're a good teammate and you're a point guard. So you would pass him the rock. Yeah. Who has, surprised or impressed you the most these last two plus weeks of playing on the court who's really stood out for you um i would say galloway just being a vocal vocal guy and bringing a lot of energy got it and how's his shot we were hearing a lot of reports that he is this is a guy who you know look just to be honest he couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat his freshman year and he's gotten better each year and last year was hitting over 40%. Didn't take a ton of them, but clearly it's something that he's worked on and, and God bless him for it. It's amazing. The improvement. What's that been looking like? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's been steadily getting better. He's always in the gym. Awesome. Okay. Now of all the new teammates you have, which one has been the most disappointing? (laughs) (laughs) kidding i'm kidding i'm gonna take it in in a different direction um the coaching staff uh let's let's keep it to to the the three assistants and uh, head coach woodson what about like their style or their personality has surprised you or impressed you the most um i would say coach woody he's he's goofy 
Yeah. I mean, but I think I think I kind of knew that coming in, but um, just seeing him kind of shift back and forth from like goofiness to seriousness and um, getting on guys when they need to, you know, get going a little bit. I think he does a really good job of balancing those two. I would say that for for all the coaches, really. I mean, they do a really good job of, you know, being goofy with you off the court. And then, you know, if you're not doing something right, then, you know, they'll correct you and hold you accountable. And, you know, you can tell it's at a, at a place of love. This may be a little unfair because it's only been a couple of weeks that you've been a player for them instead of a recruit, which is a different relationship. But one of the things that we've heard from Jalen that, that he spoke to um, Khalil and, and I believe to Mac as well, was that when he talked about the coaches that they, and J, yeah, Jalen told us this, that this is what he would tell people that are considering Indiana, that there are a lot of coaches that tell you one thing and then you play for them and it's totally different. And with these coaches, they were exactly as they were when they recruited them. The relationships they built were the same as when he played for them. And he really respected that, Jalen did. Um, have you found that your relationship has changed at all with the coaches based on being a recruit and now being a player, or has it been fairly consistent? No, I think, I think Jalen got it, got it perfect. They've been super consistent and just, you know, stayed the same and treated me the same. And, um, you know, the only difference now is they get to, they get to coach me and correct me and, and stuff like that. So it's been good. Okay. So instead of talking more about the D let's talk about the O um, you said you guys will just figure it out. And, uh, Eric, you didn't give me the O face. That's okay. Um, is uh, the personnel is very different this year. I mean, you you saw a team with Trace Jackson Davis on it run their offense through Trace. How much of this is is whether you guys are scrimmaging or or even under instruction? Do you feel like you all are going to find out together what this personnel? what the best combination and what the things are. Is, is it really a discovery process more than, Hey, they've got it all figured out and they're going to tell us later. Um, I mean, I think they have, they have a pretty good idea of how they want to play. Um, you know, obviously they, they recruited us all for a specific goal in mind. Um, so I think, I think they're trying to see with, with us playing and just figuring it out with, with not a lot of structure on offense is just them trying to see who can play and uh just learning how to play with guys um i you know i've learned a bunch about everybody's games just you know seeing how they play with without any structure so i mean i think i think a lot of it you know we're still going to give it to the bigs and and let them go to work but um i think we'll we'll be spread out more than more than last year so can you give us a couple examples of what you've you've seen from your new teammates? Like what what what's Khalil showed you that maybe wasn't on a highlight reel you saw or He's or been what, out of action with the ankle? Maybe not oh, the best. Okay, yeah. Example. So we could go Mac. We haven't really seen much of Mac. Um like and then let's go the other end, go Malik, who we we all saw last year, but we're curious to know what he's up to. Yeah, so Mac, I would say, um, you know, I thought I thought he was more of like a a post up kind of four guy, but I think he's he's more of a wing. Um, obviously, he's super physical and big, so he can still go in the post. But 
Um, you know, he can really shoot it and he, he works really hard. So I, I respect him for that. Um, and then Malik, I would say stepping out and making threes is something that, that I've seen um, him do a bunch in, in the scrimmages and in practice. So um, that's been really good to see. I would imagine that if you're running up and down a little bit or even doing half court, you are the point guard for your unit. And I would imagine you're playing with Peyton Sparks a lot. Yeah. And I would imagine Peyton Sparks is setting some pretty hellacious picks for a nice screen and roll for you. The guys are the size of an apartment complex. What is it like uh, doing a screen and roll with Peyton Sparks? Yeah, it's really nice. Um, you don't, you just got to get the guy near him and, and uh, he's going to find a way to run into him. So, um, you know, Peyton's been playing really well and he plays really hard. So that's, that's always something that's nice to see from guys. That's give us, awesome. give us a, a tidbit, a couple tidbits for CJ and for Caleb. Yeah, I think, I think CJ has done a lot better job of just taking good shots. And, um, I think he's shooting it a lot better because of that. It's kind of the same thing with KB. He's done a good job of catching and attacking closeouts and, um, you know, he's done a better job of talking. And I think uh, Caleb and I have I've built a pretty good relationship, too. Nice. He's funny, right? Funny guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's do some quick superlatives after two weeks. This is like gut reaction stuff. Funniest on the team? Um, I would say Malik probably makes me laugh. Most. I like it. All right. I like it. Ward? Who's the most serious? Serious? I would say either Anthony Leo or X, probably. Okay. Yeah, that seems right. It's funny because I think X probably, he's grown into that. I think he he has, you know, it's his last year. He knows how big of a year this is for him. And I think he just treats his life with a little bit more intensity and seriousness than he did when he was younger. I mean, part of the the learning curve, which has been, even just in the few years we've been able to watch him, it's been really fun to watch, you know, him grow as a, as a person and a player. Okay. Best dancer. Um, I would say probably CJ probably has the most experience with music. So I'll probably go CJ. Yeah. Have you heard him rap? Because we've yeah. been told he can rap. Yeah, I have a little bit. He's pretty good. All right. Who is the loudest singer? I would say probably Peyton actually sings quite a bit. I like it. Is he any good? He was he said he was in choir when he was younger, so <laughs> Well, so was I, but that doesn't mean I'm any good. <laughs> uh, who is the cleanest, like the most tidy? Uh, I would say probably Jakai. Uh, I'm probably a little, little biased just because he's, he's always picking stuff up around the apartment, taking the trash out. Stuff like that. He was, he was telling me to take the trash out earlier today. So <laughs> you, you want to know, oh, I got to tell you a funny story about me. I was a slob. I was not good. This is such a bad story, but I'm going to tell it anyway. I was living in the varsity villas in Bloomington, which aren't called the varsity villas anymore. They're right across from the stadium. I had three roommates and this is so bad. I, I had some stomach issues. 
Okay. I had some stomach issues. Some things never change. Yep. Yep. And we had three bathrooms in the place. Each level had a bathroom. Let's just say I rendered all three non-functional. And then I left the apartment. (laughs) And when I came back, the door was chained shut. They they like what did they put up like a bar? I could not your get in or your apartment. bathroom. My apartment. They're like you can't get in until you go buy a plunger and fix these toilets. <laughs> and I did. That was going to be my question. Was you 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 went through toilet by toilet and destroyed them? It wasn't that one thing you did rendered no. the whole no, system inoperable. Okay. I hit them all. I hit them all. It was not good. I was a slob. I don't. I'm not proud of it. I think but, I've grown. But honestly, kid. that has nothing to do with tidiness. That's just yeah. like some real GI no, issues. You it is a GI, but also the, like not caring that I did that and just leaving the apartment for like the entire day and night. Yeah, like it wasn't cool. It wasn't cool. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't want that. So, who's the biggest slob on the team? <clears throat> I don't even know. I would, some some of their lockers are are pretty messy, but I don't know. They have so much gear in them, I can't even tell. It's probably like Malik, yeah, or yeah, I could see that, or Gallo maybe. But they also have the most the most gear, so it's hard to find space in that locker. It surprises me that Gallo would be even in the conversation because I see him as like this fashionista who's he really is like that. Yeah, he is right. That. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Has he tried to get you uh, to up your fashion game a little bit? Is he trying to work on you? Um. No. Not. Not. Uh. We haven't had any any uh, counseling sessions for that. But <laughs> I mean, I I've seen I've seen him come in with some shopping bags, and I ask him what he's got, and he shows me. So I think I'm I'm learning just from being around. Sure. Okay. So this is a, a classic. You're in a dark alleyway. Several drunk, obnoxious, repugnant Purdue fans decide they're going to start something. They're going to start something with you. The three of them, four of them, five of them are going to try to got to be started. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very much a a Michael Jackson uh, music video from the eighties. Which one of your teammates do you call out to uh, have your back and and beat the hell out of these boilers together? I mean, I think you you got to go Peyton. Yes, just a beast. Yeah. Now, I mean, it, it's taken him so many punches to knock him down. <laughs> he, I mean, he is a giant, just yeah. a wide, big cut dude, right? Yeah. Coach Cliff loves him in the weight room. I mean, he said he said he's dreamed of of coaching guys like him in the weight room. I mean, if Peyton wants, if if basketball does not provide a livelihood for him he could absolutely be a professional wrestler yeah I mean, he's got the physique for it he's, he yeah. just looks like a monster for sure yeah i like it um all right well you've uh you've had a little time in bloomington now along with your many visits do you have a favorite place to go for a meal um i would say probably buffaloes what do you order uh, I got a double stack cheeseburger and some boneless wings. Both. That's one meal. 
the double stack. I mean, you are really trying to put on weight. Yeah, I'm hungry. I mean, the crazy <laughs> thing is that's like what my meal would be, <laughs> yeah. but without any of the working out. Like, But putting on weight is no problem for me. Yeah, it's it's pretty tough for me. I mean, I try my hardest and I'll lose two pounds. Now, how much of that is just you're working out all the time and you're 18 or or does your dad like my dad gave me a good metabolism? Did did pops gift you with that? Yeah, I, I think uh, I think they said if I were to sit because um, we got a bunch of test done stuff. They said if I sat in bed all day, I would burn like 3000 some calories. What? Whoa. I mean, you are the human ant. <laughs> I don't know if ants burn calories like that, but it seems like they might. Yeah. Um, what about like social life? Uh, obviously, so much of your life is basketball right now and working out. And I know you're trying to remain um, focused on that. But are you guys able to like do what do you do when you just want to have fun? You guys go to movies, you go to the mall, you cruise for chicks. Does that happen anymore? Um, I mean, I've gone to the pool with with a couple of the guys. Um, there's like a rooftop pool that's near kind of all of us. So we go there sometimes, chill in the hot tub. But I mean, other than that, we're just hanging out in somebody's apartment. I do want to know what it's like to go to a hot tub or a pool with Peyton and he takes his shirt off and every, I mean, everybody's jaw just has to hit the ground, right? They never seen anything like that. I mean, he, yeah, he's bigger than probably 90% of the people that anybody's ever seen. So. Yes. Yeah, I would say 99%. Yeah. Well, okay, when you're chilling in the apartment, are you know, I know a lot of your teammates are, are gamers. Are you engaging on the, the gaming? Uh, we've played a little bit. I played some Fortnite with Mac and Kalel, So Now, Mac considers himself a big-time gamer. So does Kalel. So does Anthony Walker, who's not there yet. But those guys consider themselves real gamers. Are they as competitive playing video games as they are on the basketball court? Um, I would say they're pretty close to it. Yeah. Okay. Now, you guys haven't – nobody's in classes, right? Nobody has to take summer classes, or do you? Uh, no, we're taking, taking like, uh, online classes. We just okay. kind of go – for like two hours each day and, and work and get ahead. Okay. Yeah, sounds hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> in that rigorous academia, uh, are you already, uh, is it just kind of core requirements you're taking uh, or are you starting to, I mean, do you already know what you're going to major in and what you have to, to take to get serious about that? Yeah. Lo is kind of, I think she just kind of set up our, our fall schedules. So, um, I think I'm doing entrepreneurship, so. And is that in the Kelly School of Business? Yeah. So does that mean, like, you're wanting to get a degree in the Kelly School of Business? I mean, that would, that would be the goal. Oh, buddy. Good <laughs> luck, man. That's intense. Good for you. That's impressive. That's not one of those bullshit degrees, sports management, which I'm sure all your teammates are majoring oh. in. Oh, That's like you have to that's one of the classes we're taking right now. Careers yeah, sure in sports management. Yeah. I mean, and like you're talking to guys who got like theater and telecom degrees. So we know all about bullshit majors. My major was so meaningless. It doesn't even exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and truth be told, I made up my own major. So I didn't have to take the hard classes in theater. 
I took bowling my senior year. That's what I'm talking about. I took bowling and I took a uh, oceanography class for one reason. The stripper who worked at Night Moves was in the oceanography class. So you, what, you went to Night Moves and found out that information and then enrolled in the class? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we were told, a group of us were told that this girl was, was you know, we should cut this part out of the <laughs> Gabe, you and I are finding out some stuff tonight. Yeah. He's blowing up toilets and, and now yeah. this is not just, good for me. This is my disgusting this is human being the trusteeship. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh so Gabe, to just circle back around to your, your serious academic pursuits, I get just a vibe from Coach Woodson on down, but like Jakai with all the entrepreneurship he was engaging in uh in high school. Um, and, and other guys on the team, Mac, and he's very already business minded, um, about his career and his approach. Is that just something that, that sort of permeates the locker room and the program? A lot of people just are, are interested in business. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. I mean, coach Woodson has has put an emphasis on how, you know, school comes before basketball. So, um, I think, everybody has kind of bought into that and then it's allowed us to to kind of think ahead and and how we're going to use um you know academics and basketball to kind of work together to make uh make our life the best gabe uh we've got a a zoom coming up soon about this but the fantasy camp and the fantasy weekend are quickly approaching in uh august from august 17th to the 20th have you been filled in? Has anybody brought you up to speed on what is coming to Bloomington that weekend? Uh, not really. They haven't given me the the gist, but I've heard a few things. So, do you know that you're going to be coaching a team of people like Ward and I, and others much better at basketball? Yeah. On Assembly Hall, are you excited about drafting, evaluating, and coaching Hoosier fans out there? Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Seeing what seeing what everybody got. You better get some plays drawn up because we're going to be looking to you to call some plays in the huddle. I got them all in my head. We're good. Bring that good. notebook. Bring that <laughs> yeah. notebook. Sim- there's a real power in simplicity. Let's just remember that. Have you uh have we might have talked about this last time. Have you have you coached at all before with, you know, in a a summer camp situation or something? Your your dad's a coach, probably at some point, maybe you imagine yourself that way down the road. Um, I do wonder, like, is there, do you feel that, that coach inside of you? Um, I would say I, I feel it to an extent, but my dad's kind of more, more, uh, team oriented and I'm kind of, I like kind of the skill development side of it more. And I think I get that from just kind of thinking about how I want to work out and what I want to do to, to be able to maximize my game. So I think it's kind of different. Okay. Has LeBron reached out to you at all in the recent weeks or months to tell you congrats on your career as a Hoosier and good luck? Um, I mean, the last time we talked was um, when, uh, when I committed and, and he kind of, when I signed, I think he told me good luck. So that's, that's cool. the last time we talked. That's cool. Is Jakai in the room with you right now? No, I think him and 
Khalil and Mac might have gone and seen a movie while I was out to eat. You think they went and saw The Flash? I want to say they they were down between Transformers and The Blackening, I think. Oh, okay. Did they already see Spider-Man? Yeah, we all saw Spider-Man. It was it was pretty good. You like did you like the first one? I that was my first Spider-Man movie ever. Wow. What? You've never seen any Spider-Man movie? No, that was my first one. And I might have to go watch the other ones now because that one was it was really good. What do have we probably talked about this before, but do you have a favorite movie of all time? Um I would say Rockies. The Rockies pretty good. Which Step one? Which Funny. one? Rocky and stepbrothers. That's good. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Which Rocky though? I think it's Rocky Four, the one where he fights Ivan Drago and trains yeah. in Russia. That training scene in Russia is like my favorite movie. It's the best. It's the best. The soundtrack. I still have the soundtrack. When I go running, I use Hearts of Fire, No Way Out on my on my uh, playlist. It's good stuff. That scene and Secretariat's final race scene. Two favorite movie scenes. Very good, very good. I mean, and then, and then, just the entire movie of Hoosiers would be your third favorite, right? Yes, Hoosiers is is a staple in my family. Yeah. Uh, before we let you go, you've got some big games on the schedule this year. Some big games. Not every game has been announced yet, but we know you're playing Kansas at home. You know, we know you're playing uh, in a in a tournament, uh, a two day tournament for teams up in New York City where UConn is in that, and who else is in that? Texas and Louisville? Yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, right. And then we're playing Auburn in uh, in Atlanta. Uh, how excited are you for these kinds of games on these kinds of stages? Uh, I'm super excited. It's just, I feel like um, it's what every competitor dreams about, so I'm ready to, to go at it. I can't recall if we talked about this before. If you were in attendance for any IU Purdue games, has did that occur? Did you make one of those? Yeah, I think I've been to three, maybe. You you were at the fantasy buzzer beater game because I think we talked to you right after that to get your uh, feelings on it. Yeah, I was. Is are you looking as forward to that as any game? Yeah, I I, I want to be a part of that. It's crazy, right? Have have you ever even been uh, witness to another atmosphere of that caliber? Uh, no, probably not. I mean, the closest would have to be when I was playing with the Blue Chips or my junior year state championship game. Okay. Yeah. Uh, before we let you go, you know we love your family. Uh, this is your time you're living away from your family now. Has that been an adjustment for you? I know you're close to your sister. She's not in Bloomington, obviously, your mom and dad. But what what has it been like for you to be away from the family for a few weeks now? Yeah, I think it's it's definitely been weird. Um, you know, I haven't been away from them for this long in my entire life. So um, my dad my dad and Centerville were, were here for team camp, I think, last weekend. Nice. So I got to see him for a little bit then, but haven't seen my sister yet so she said she's probably gonna come come see me pretty soon so i think i think i'll see him more than i think i will so i'm just staying present i get it and has has grandma figured out what the human ant means yet 
I don't think so. Good. Let's keep it that way. Let's keep it that way. Also, let's lose the part about the strippers for grandma's sake. Okay. Just for grandma's sake. Let's lose it. I'll try to remember. You know me. I don't remember things very well, even if I write them down. Yeah, you got to write them down. I'll look at them later. Gabe, you know, we love you. We cannot wait. It's even though it, it feels like, uh, it feel, first of all, it feels like we've known you for 20 years and it's only been like a year and a half, but we love that you're on campus now. We love that you're getting the full dose of Indiana basketball. And we love that we are now just a, really a few months away from watching you don those candy stripes, run out to Assembly Hall's court and be an Indiana Hoosier. And before that, we get to defile that court by playing basketball for you as our coach at the fantasy camp coming up August 17th to 20th. Go to HoosierFantasyExperience.com. Gabe, love you, man, and really wish you the best of luck. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me. That was a guest. That was a guest. Yeah, I mean, if you told me what? I what? thought you were going to ask me to cut the stripper stuff out. Well, you have to. No way. Dude, cut the stripper stuff. I didn't cut the D out. That that that's not a revelatory thing, dude. <laughs> that that's just you. You being didn't say silly. you did anything with the stripper. Just I didn't you heard... do anything. I didn't <laughs> do anything with the stripper. But there was a group of people that signed up for that class because they knew that this stripper was going to be in it. Okay, like I took an oceanography class, man. I don't. I don't. I don't even like the ocean. <laughs> I, I I thought you were going to say it's because you knew you were going to live near the ocean one day, but you surprised it's so us all. Stupid! It's so stupid. I, what, I mean, like, I didn't date her. I didn't like. The, what was I thinking? Like, oh, oh I'm going to sit in an oceanography class, and somehow that makes me cool. It was stupid. <laughs> all right, just leave it all in now. Yeah, no, we just needed to clarify it for the record. Now let me say something about Gabe Cups, please. If you told me. You have to bet all of your money on one player in the last 20 years that you know is going to be a fan favorite. It would probably be between Jordy and Gabe Cups. I mean, he is just, the way he talks about the game, the way he treats the game, the way he thinks about it, the way he... Um, treats being an Indiana basketball player, like taking notepads and notebooks to his one-on-one -on -one film sessions, watching film of his own practice footage to get better, going to the gym every morning, no matter what. I, I just think he has the, the stuff that you want every Indiana player to have. And this is where like ranking numbers can, you can throw them out the window. One, because when you have that kind of work ethic, you make yourself better than what the rankings think. So I would always bet on that. But two, inject that into a program and it affects everybody in the program. You know, we've heard that word from guys who said like Will Sheehy and, you know, the people that we talked to on that team, you saw v Jordy in the gym every day. You were going to be in the gym every day. You weren't going to let him be the only one. I feel that from Gabe Cups. I don't think there's any way he doesn't absolutely hit his ceiling. And I think that ceiling is going to be considerably higher than a lot of the uh, prognosticators. 
I need to switch my Wi-Fi service. Um, he's gonna he's gonna do great, and I think that's better um, than most people with with him coming out of high school would imagine. What that great mean? Great mean? Damn it! <sighs> I just held it together while our guest was here, but now that it's just you and me, it's just becoming a word salad. Gabe is not only gonna make himself uh, a great fan favorite and everybody around him. I believe when you're talking about, because it's been referenced, Gallo, X, Leal, these are our leaders right now. And you've got a guy, I think, a born leader who's working every day to to demonstrate leadership that when our time with X is over, you know, it's not just an on the court thing. It's a it's a culture thing. And you hear about it with the women's program. It's like any lady showing up in Bloomington thinking about playing for IU basketball learns real quick, like, hey, we work here. We're all about this work. And knowing that the program is in such good hands for the foreseeable future when our upperclassmen move on, that that to me is like, that's that's the kind of guy your program is, is built on and continues with. Uh, I have heard reports that there have been days where he's gone right at X and outplayed him. Yeah, like, I mean, and look, that's not happening every day, you know, and that's what happens in sports. Sometimes you just don't have it. But one thing you know about Gabe is he is bringing it every day. And I loved him saying that he wants that. He wants X to guard him on every possession. He wants to get better by going against the best. And... It's great. News, it's great news for X too. That X can't kind of coast through the off season, and then is going to suddenly be facing you know these other Big Ten point guards and have to like take it to another level. That he's being challenged every day like that bodes well for both of them and for the entire team. And I know you asked him, you know, have you been on the same side? And he said, no, not really. I think when games come around. We're going to see some scenarios where Gabe is at the point and X is off the ball. Mm. I really do think we're going to see some of that. Well, you don't think so? No, that's I'm tantalized by it. That's why I asked, because obviously Gabe's a very different player from Jalen. But when you just talk about having two guys out there who can run your team at the same time, you just really feel like they could put the defense on skates and really see what's going on. And I'm just I'm excited to see both both them out there together, but also when X needs a breather for Gabe to come in and and whoever thinks they're going to get a break now that a, a sub has come in at the point guard position be sorely mistaken and unpleasantly surprised when Gabe just shoves it down their throat. And it is a little tantalizing to think about a second unit where CJ Gunn makes a huge leap from freshman year to sophomore year. He's got the size. I mean, a 6'6". You know, he's pushing 6'6 six, six now, two guard with a shot and really good athleticism. You know, you start the game with kind of, I think of X and Galloway as like muscling guys and powering guys. And, and X has a good combo of both strength and speed and quickness. But then you kind of come in with Gabe, who's the heady player, and you've got CJ with good size and really the bomber from outside. If if that skill comes around, which we all think it it will and should, it's just a really interesting lineup that that is going to be exciting to watch. They're going to make mistakes, 
they're going to do things they shouldn't do that drive you mad. But I also think there's just such tremendous upside that you could see them both coming in with incredible energy, which is what you want off the bench. You just know those guys are going balls to the wall. And I think you put KB in that conversation too. And what I loved when he was talking about what he was noticing about some of his new teammates is it was perimeter, perimeter, or damn, perimeter or stay away from words with more than two syllables. That seems to be where you're struggling. And then he go outside and say <laughs> them shots look good from outside because he said Mac was clearly more of a, a three. At least that's how he's been performing yeah. so far. And that Malik's just been filling it up from beyond the arc. Like this is those are those are two six eight dudes. And Gallo, by all reports, continues to progress from the outside. You talked about CJ. We know Gabe and X can shoot it from out there. It's like, yes, are we going to be the Golden State Warriors of the Big Ten? Probably not. But uh, we don't need to be, especially with the size and talent we have. We just need to to be average or a little bit above in terms of how many shots we take and how often they go in. So that second unit, if if you and I are agreed that the first unit is likely X, Trey, Mac, Malik, Kalel. Agree. Then the second five are Gabe, CJ, Caleb, Peyton Sparks. Anthony Walker. Anthony Walker. That's interesting. Anthony Walker and... Yeah, the question is, can Caleb really play the three? Like, he seems like he's more of a modern four, but if he could play the three, that's an interesting lineup. And then you fill out the back end with with um, Ja'Kai, who I, I still think is going to be battling back from knee issues, and then Anthony, that's your team, yeah. That's well, a yeah, pretty he, interesting, intriguing 10. Yeah, because I, I think... You know, in some lineups, in some situations, if you're going smaller, you could even see CJ at the three, you know, but but that that you have Caleb, Malik, CJ, all all guys you're hoping who could kind of go between. We'll see. I think, you know, Mac is clearly our three. And then who is it behind him? Presumably it's Caleb because of the size and the skills, but. You know what? He he was just getting started last year, and we didn't get to see that much. But that, and to your that's, point, you could see if CJ's filling it up, you could see a lineup with X, CJ, and Trey in at the same time. Potentially. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. A lot of possibilities. Hey, man, it's the fun of the new season. Nobody's lost a game. Nobody's missed a shot. Nobody's pissed us off yet. It's really <laughs> fun. All right. Well, uh, hey, man, one week down. Uh, bef- uh, whatever. Just the fantasy camp is coming in close. You and I have both had trouble talking today. While you were saying that, I burped. It's just not been good. It's not been good. What I've shared, nothing. Nothing's been good except for Gabe Cups, the human ant. We'll see you next week. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Hoosier Hysterics for the hysterics. No E. No I. But the sometimes why. You forgot for a second. I did. For a brief second, you forgot. <laughs> I did. But you pointed. You say I know. Even with me pointing, you didn't understand what was going on. It. We went about two hundred and twenty episodes, okay, <laughs> in one direction, and now we're in this whole new world. You're doing a great job at remembering immediately when we're done with the guests to ask them to do that thing. Thank you. And I'll now try to remember what that 
that requires of me. Did you say One Direction? Did I? I was going to break out a One Direction song. Yeah, but now I can't even think of one. I'm glad. I'm glad you can't because neither can I. You don't know One Direction? I know the name, and I'm sure I'd recognize like two or three of the hits. They were a big pop group. Harry Styles. Right. Yeah, no, I'm actually might. I know Backstreet Boys and NSYNC hits, but I don't. I might not know any One Direction songs. You definitely know a One Direction song. Hold on. I just got to look one up here. Yeah, I know. This is your favorite part. Um, I mean, One Direction. Oh, the story of my life. I'll take you home and then all night to see you all night. I mean, the Zoom story doesn't even of like... my life. Nope, don't know it. Hmm, interesting. You know what uh, I'm really into, though, is is that Flower song by Miley Cyrus. I know that was like a year ago or whatever, but... Yeah, it's been a while. I'm a jam. That's a jam. I'm not sure how many times you have to do this and how many times I have to tell you Zoom does not pick up your crappy phone speaker when you're playing a song. Why not? I don't know. Talk to Mr. Zoom. Oh, oh, I hate it already. And it's gone. Oh, bad. That is bad. And look, here's what it's doing. It's just picking up Harry's voice. There's no music coming through. Is that true? It's really true. That's such a weird thing. All right, Ward, this has been great. See you next week. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear a screaming shout. I love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics.